Welcome to the Storyline Podcast, where we are talking to global leaders about God's global mission. Welcome to the Storyline Podcast. Uh, we have a very interesting interview this week uh, with one of our staff here at Storyline. His name is Josh Dilly. He serves as the director of Caribbean Partnerships, and uh, he interacts with uh, Christian leaders, pastors, missions directors in the Caribbean. And uh, so you're going to get to hear a really fascinating dialogue uh, between Josh and Nigel Henry. Uh, so Nigel Henry is a pastor and he's also a mission director for a denomination uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, he's got a fascinating perspective on how small islands can do big things for God in missions. So I hope you'll listen to this fascinating discussion about missions from the global church. Let's get started. So I'm here today with Pastor Nigel Henry, who is the director of missions for Powie. We're going to start today just by asking you a few questions, if you don't mind, Pastor Nigel. Uh, first of all, who are you? Uh, well, as you just mentioned, I'm Nigel Henry. I am the World Missions Director of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the West Indies. I also pastor the Barbuda Pentecostal Church in um, Sister Island of Antigua, amongst other things, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Ministry is, is broad for me. and. Um, I'm involved in a number of, of, of different types of ministries, but my passion definitely is world missions. That's awesome. And so I think you kind of answered my next question a little bit, but why do you do what you do? Why, what, what makes missions your passion? Oh, apart from the, the mandate that we have, of course, from, from our Lord Jesus Christ, the situations and the complexities of the world demand us as believers to respond and um, I, I see that as something very very important very passionate um, the the situations that we have in the world are meant to be in my view solved by believers um, the what is called the Lord's Prayer contains some verses um, that says thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and I view that very very personal very literal in 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 the sense that I want to see God's kingdom established upon the earth I want to see his will be done on earth as it is done in heaven and uh, that's what fuels the energy uh, behind Nigel Henry admissions that's that's a great answer um, yeah, I think, I think in light of just just being with you for a couple of days now, I can see that that everything you're doing in your life reflects that passion and desire. What what would you say is something that you're personally celebrating right now, just in life or ministry? <laughs> well, every day is a celebration of life for me, and um, where that is concerned, again, my concern is with everybody else. Let's say in the world. Because everybody is not celebrating life like I am. Um, there's some people who are looking to commit suicide. There's some people who are looking to take somebody else's life. There's some people who are just down and out, um, trying to find solutions in this world. And um, every day for me is a celebration 
of God's goodness, God's greatness, His mercies upon human beings. And um, it is a very enlightening thing for me to wake up in the morning and to see God's new mercies and His faithfulness in my life constantly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's the way it is. That's great. So... Um, one of the things that is unique, I think, even about our relationship and how we started, it was really based off of mission mobilization, talking about how we can better mobilize God's people to do God's work. What is kind of currently happening from your perspective here in the Caribbean, um, in the West Indies and Antigua in specific, with, with mobilizing missions, um, with, with getting people involved with mission work? What is, what is your perspective on that and where, where are things at? Well, from my point of view, um, in terms of mobilizing individuals, uh, my, my uh, strategic point is the pastors, the ministers. Uh, when I get a chance, of course, get close to the congregations, I, I do that as, as, a, as a habit. But the thing is, um, more than just doing it from a ministry standpoint, from a very personal standpoint, getting into the heart and mindset of our ministers, our pastors who lead their various congregations, um, that's where I, I try to instill my most important uh, lessons, as it were. Um, we need our pastors, we need our, our managers of our churches to be able to understand what God's initial understanding of getting the gospel into all the world means. And it didn't just start with Jesus' commission to go into all the world. For me, it started way back in Genesis. It started from a creational standpoint where God wanted to impact the entire world. He wanted to impact an Adam, and an Adam would impact all of his uh, offspring. Um, the way it happened is not necessarily the way God intended it to happen, but he has not changed his, his focus and his mindset, and he is not going to allow uh, the mistakes of man to derail his, his objective. And so, the mandate still stands and it still continues to this day and we need to be the ones who would wake up at this hour and understand that and so the men of God the women of God in the pulpit needs to be need to be able to articulate that on a constant basis um, it must not just be a message it must be a lifestyle it must be uh, an understanding that Ministry is not just surrounded in my little area, but ministry is is what God wants to happen in every nation, and so um, it should be a worldwide understanding. Every every congregation should have a worldview. That's that's yeah. my understanding of things. Now I think that's great. I love that you brought out a couple of points that this is really God's mission. Yes, it is, and fully. Yeah, yeah. So I think that when we if all Christians had that perspective, it maybe wouldn't seem as as though it's some sort of an option, <laughs> you know. Um, Definitely, I, I think that we have come to the place 
um, in our in our generation where ministry becomes more of a private passion of, of some and um, sad to say I would think that uh, if the if the pastor has a passion for uh, a particular area or a particular thing that the congregation uh, understands mission uh, ministry to be that when we need to understand it from a much broader perspective and not just um, our little uh, situation in, in the context of, of where we are um, but we must look beyond our horizon look beyond our, our situation um, the island that I pastor in, in Barbuda is 62 square miles it's 1500 people but I have always um, instilled in our congregation that Barbuda is not it we, we, this is our place where we start but we must have a worldview we must have an understanding and a passion for the world even though we are small even though we are limited um, our God is unlimited and we, we need to have that kind of, of sense of who he is and what he wants because the ministry that we conduct is conducted because of him not because of us and not because of all of the directions and all of the, the consciousness of where we want to go has to come from a heavenly source. That's great. I, I love that you're, you're saying that because I think that's a temptation sometimes is that people can can say, well, you know, there's, there's much wealthier countries or there's much bigger countries and, and to have that perspective that it's, uh, and I think one thing that's very unique about how the Lord works is it's not always the big powerhouse that he uses. You know, it's a lot of times. And I think we have proof of that. Um, I, I have pur purposefully stayed in Barbuda. I'm there now for 36 years. And I have purposefully stayed in Barbuda because I wanted to prove that God could use a small island to do big things. And um, I have repeatedly proven it over and over um, that um, God could use a small congregation and support big nations. Uh, we, have, we have supported from Barbuda uh, a number of missionaries at the same time in, in countries where, let's take for instance Brazil, who is much <laughs> I mean, Barbuda would be a drop in, <laughs> yeah. in one little in yes. one little suburb in in, yeah. in Brazil, but yet still in in, um, in spite of Brazil's wealth and whatever popularity, you name it, um, nobody ever hears about Barbuda. But we have been able to support our missionaries. We support people in Brazil. We support um, the children and uh, men on. In, in rehabilitation. We have supported uh, many children to go back to school in, in the Philippines and, um, and a number of areas around the world practically. We, we actually sent our, a missionary to Spain from Venezuela and she's doing a tremendous work. Uh, so there are a number of things that uh, it's not about size 
it's it's about understanding that your God has called you to do a great work, and as long as you are tapped into Him, it can be done. You know, one one question I would like to ask you. You know, you mentioned all these different countries and your connections in them. What, from your perspective, do you think that the Caribbean church as a whole has to offer when we just look at the, the state of the world today, the need for, for, you know, we talked earlier about the 1040 window and places like that, places like Spain where there's very few evangelicals. What do you see the Caribbean church's role being in, in reaching some of these difficult places? Well, our people have been prepared, uh, I must say, I would say, um, from, from birth because of our culture, because of our background, our history has prepared us for hardships. Hardships in the sense that in situations where there's no running water, where uh, electricity is hard to come by, in, in um, having the full amenities of life um, at your fingertips, it's not necessarily the Caribbean understanding of how you grow up. So we have been able through all of the issues to make do with, with, with what we have. And now that we have come into the place where we are not quite third world <laughs> as, as um, probably other parts of the, of the world might term us to be, but we are a kind of two-thirds world, we understand the hardships. We are able to cope with the hardships. And so our people are our best assets. And we are able to go into various places and manage and adjust. We have one young lady who left from Trinidad and went into one of the worst areas in, in Zambia. And she's working there now and um, being able to adjust in, in some very harsh situations. Um, there's another young lady who left from Tobago, went into Cambodia, of all places, and uh, she was she's just amazing. She learned the language in six months wow. and was able to speak that fluently, be able to adjust. Cambodia is a, a Buddhist nation, and um, she was able even to um, challenge the leader of the, the Buddhists and um, have them give her some land to operate an agricultural farm. And she was able to teach the young people, teach the women to sew, and uh, do a number of things right there. That is the kind of thing that the Caribbean is able to do. The same thing happened in Brazil. Uh, Portuguese is a very difficult language. Um, and our missionary went in there and Within four months, he was able to speak fluent Portuguese. So we are adaptable people. We are able to understand the cultures and adapt very easily. And because, again, our, our countries are very diverse, we have various cultures among us. So we are accustomed to various kinds of people and how to adjust to them. Yeah, and that's that's great. Uh, you, there's a few questions I wanted to ask you, and you, you just started answering them and so that was that was perfect um you know in light of that what would you say um so so okay i think we're 
like anyone listening right now would be like, all right, this I'm on board. I think these Caribbean people need to send more missionaries. What do you see as barriers to actually seeing that happen, to actually seeing more Caribbean missionaries? What do you see as big barriers? The, the barrier is, um, as every in every culture and in everywhere that you ask for a barrier, it's finance. That is basically the main situation. But I would even go further and say that even more important than money is the understanding that needs to take place within our churches. That because because even though we are not probably high income as some other areas are um, in affluent societies, I believe that when we give what we have, um, it doesn't matter how small or poor we are, when we give what we have, God will provide. Um, and we have seen that in the midst of of our difficulties in the midst of our hardships, when people understand the the holistic mission, then people give, and when people give, God provides. And so, that I would see are the two main barriers: finances and a, a, a proper understanding at the grassroots level, and also at the pastoral level of where. We need to take our, our our mission, as it were. That's that's really good. I think that that um, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter whether you're in, the, you're in the United States or whether you're in you know Ukraine or whether you're here in Antigua. It seems that as though missions understanding among you know Christians is yes. is our biggest first hurdle to get past. Yes, and, um, and obviously, faithfulness. Yeah, it? yeah. As, as we start to kind of wrap this up, uh, I wanted to ask you, what, it, what it, if you were to dream about the future, kind of two questions. First of all, what, do you like to, what would you like to see within your sphere of influence, within Poway, for example, in the future when it comes to missions? Well, I, want, I, I am passionate about our young people growing up um, and having a, that kind of understanding as well. Um, I am very much into giving them an understanding that whatever their particular calling might be in terms of vocation, that they can fulfill it from a missionary standpoint. They can become a teacher and yet still become a missionary teacher. The world has need of lots of teachers, has needs a lot of veterinarians and uh, doctors and lawyers and whatever it might be, and even truck drivers. and, and but I want our young people, in particular, to grow up, and pardon me, I hope I don't, I'm not going to be a little bit too frank. I don't want them to grow up with an American theology in their minds. Yes. American theology says that God is your God, and he is going to prosper you, in particular, and you must keep all of your prosperity for yourself. <laughs> um, uh, that, that's the way we, I, at least I interpret um, what I'm getting out of the, the American uh, aspect of things. Uh, very often we, we don't understand the passions of other cultures, and we need our young people to be able to 
grow up and learn different languages, learn different cultures, and be able to fit in their their homegrown that might not even be their biblical theology, as it were, to and adapt that to where they are and what they need to be doing. Because I believe as well that everybody has a divine calling and you need to fulfill your calling or else you're going to be very miserable in life. Man, that's that's really good. I think uh, yeah, don't don't feel bad about about calling us out, out as Americans, you know, <laughs> because we need to be called out <laughs> by our by our maybe smaller countries that that are around us be, because I think that's very true. A lot of times uh, we can be very self-absorbed as American Christians and um, with all the money that we have, the Great Commission should be a lot smaller task than it is right now. <laughs> well, very often the American dream becomes uh, the, the dream of uh, America, the American church rather than the vision of God. And so uh, we need to, to balance and, yes. and yes. our understanding of what is homegrown and what is heavenly. Yes, <laughs> that's great. I think you should write a book. <laughs> um, as, we, as we wrap things up today, what would you give for, for someone that might be listening? What advice would you give about, give the global church about mobilizing for missions? Um, what would you say to the, the listeners who might, might be wherever in the world about mobilizing their churches for missions? Oh, um, well, first of all, I'd like to see the pastors begin to do some more research and begin to preach um, what God has given to us in terms of the mandate. Mandate to the nations, mandate to this world, even in the crisis situation that the world is in, that we, we give an understanding that the answer comes from God. Uh, the answers to homelessness, the answers to uh, all of the drug addictions, the, the murder rate and all of the violence and all of the bad leadership and whatever else that may concern us in life uh, is bottled up in that understanding that the, this gospel has enough answers to stem the tide of all of the, the things that are going wrong in this world. We need to be faithful to that. And if we are faithful in preaching that gospel, in preaching that word, that God himself is going to manifest himself and he is going to do wonders in our nations. Um, that's what I would like to, to see happen from a, um, from a pastoral standpoint, from a a pulpit standpoint but then we also need the congregations to wake up and um, get to the point where they understand that it's not all about my needs and my prayers um, must be answered or else I am not going to be happy uh, with anybody else in the world that there are other people who are suffering and that you need to reach out in prayer in human love and in divine love um, through, through the workings of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so that is, that is what I would like to see happening 
in this in this age that we're living in that we become very much conscious that God wants us to be to be um, mobilized and, and activated in our in our areas of outreach wherever we are and as we reach those areas um, he will widen the, the spectrum for us that's great really appreciate you sharing pastor and this is uh, this has been a great great discussion I'm excited to to continue this relationship with you and with Powie and once again this is Josh Dilly um, here with Pastor Nigel Henry here in Antigua and we just got done hearing a little bit just the tip of the iceberg in, in my mind about what's going on with missions in the, in the English West Indies in particular and uh, so I think that's all we've got for today. Well fascinating conversation today I'm glad you were with us on today's podcast. Hey listen if you have been joining us on our podcast from someplace in the world, um, we can see that there are people listening to the Storyline podcast in Japan and in Canada and Germany and France. Uh, just a global audience for this podcast. Uh, we would love to hear from you. How have these conversations uh, helped move you forward in considering missions from your country? Send us a message at info at storylinemissions.org. That is info at storylinemissions.org. We would love to hear from our global audience about how this podcast is impacting you and your thoughts about missions. Thanks.